Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Today we begin a brand new theme that I call the secret sauce. That'll become very plain in just a moment. But uh, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 100 and 2 Corinthians 11. Psalm 100 verse 1 says this, Make a joyful whisper. Is that what it says? Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I want to weave in 2 Corinthians eleven three 3 also. Where Paul the apostle writes, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Holy Spirit, help us in this church to reflect the gratitude of which we actually feel and help us to express it and let it out with a shout. Let it out with a joy. Lord, today we celebrate you and your restoration power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, we're talking about the secret sauce, finding the recipe for a lifetime of strongly living for the Lord. Uh, anybody here like pizza? I'm kinda, if somebody were to say, what's your favorite food? I would probably say pizza uh, or something <clears throat> like that, but pizza is probably my favorite food. But have you ever noticed how many different pizza places there are? I mean, I mean you, you just, just here right on, right on 441 between Bellevue and Ocala, I don't know, there's probably five or 10 pizza places. Our old building down the road uh, here on 441 South, uh, our first office is in an old Quick King. Today it's Papa John's. There's pizza places everywhere, all over the place. And the, the, the funny thing is, they all taste so different. Even though a pizza is basically just dough, and dough isn't hard, it's just flour and water, yeast, you know, salt, whatever, tomato sauce, cheese, and a favorite few toppings. Uh, I don't know what your favorite is. I've always been a pepperoni, mushroom, and meatball kind of guy. Lately, I've been uh, doing some ham and basil on mine, enjoying that. But tomato sauce isn't complicated. It's a pinch of this, a little of that, and it can completely change the taste. Some of you have grandma's favorite sauce. Some of you with maybe an Italian background have somebody in the family that, that actually makes a secret sauce, and that was something in it. But the, the weird thing is, it's, 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 you know, it's basically the same stuff, but it, it, Pizza Hut tastes completely different from you know, some mom and pop shop. It's, completely, it's the same stuff, but it's completely different. We all have our favorites, don't we? We all have some where we go, well, that's a little more authentic to what I believe or what I liked when I was a kid, or some of the places are doing the Brooklyn water or the the water from up north in New York to try to make the dough more authentic, whatever it is. But I want you to know that that's the reality about our lives as well for God. 
Everybody's got their own secret sauce. Everybody's got the thing that they found that they prefer that works for them. How do you live a lifetime for the Lord? We know we did a marriage seminar recently up in Boston. And one of the questions is, well, how do you, how do you stay in love? You know, how have we stayed in love for 42 years? Actually, this past Wednesday was our 44th anniversary of our first date. We still celebrate first date anniversary. And so 44 years ago, and, um, and we're still in love. That, that doesn't happen by accident. And so there are certain things you have to do to kind of keep that going. You have to, you have to foster it. You have to work on it. It's, a, it's, it's something you have, to, you have to do. And that's what I want to talk about. Working on the book Unstuck the last few years has made me try to discover my own secret sauce, how I've found the grace to live full on for God for a lifetime. If I could sit with some of our young people and talk about spiritual endurance, what would I say? And I want to tell you this, I don't believe in formulas per se as things you can do to automatically get a guaranteed result from God. Our God is holy. He's not a slot machine from which we just put in a dollar and just get stuff or just make those deals like I talked about earlier cheaply. It's about our lives. It's about our Last, it's not about getting more stuff. But I certainly do believe in kingdom principles as recipes for living a significant Christian life of faith. And it all goes to your heart motive. It goes to why you're doing what you're doing. Are you serving <clears throat> so just so you can get something from God? Or are you falling in love with him because you, because you are thoroughly invested in that relationship and you see how it works and you understand it. See, it's got to be a revelation to your heart motive. Over the last four decades of walking with Jesus, I've seen people come and go. Seen a lot of people come. Seen a lot of people go. Seen a lot of people on fire for God for a few years and suddenly lose that passion. I've seen people have a great marriage and then throw it all away for some illicit relationship or just some, something that didn't mean anything and just throw it all away. Thankfully, I've seen a lot of people faithful. And I've seen a lot of faithful people stand for the long haul. And each and every one of them have found their own way, their own secret sauce in how to do that. This month, our wonderful pastoral team is going to take turns sharing some of the keys to their longevity. Talking about last week, being in Christ. What's the secret to someone lasting in Christ, in calling, in relationships, and in joy? So this week, it's my turn. What, what's my secret sauce? What are some of the simple and basic spiritual truths that help me to keep moving forward in God? And I think this is a very real question and a very real answer. Now, for those of you that have been around a while, you know, we're talking about Ecclesiastes 3 quite a bit here. The Bible says to everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And then Solomon lists these almost strange paradoxes, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pick the crop, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, etc., etc. All these things are 
paradoxes as, as though he's describing this in this wisdom of God that Solomon has noticed that in life, you're, you're gonna have everything, even if you're a good person, if you're, even if you're living for God, there are gonna be some storms. There are gonna be some things you have to go through and you have to prepare yourself. Uh, you know, I would almost call it the pendulum of life. Constantly back and forth, back and forth, up and down, challenges. You, you go through a, a season where everything you touch turns to gold and you go through a season of garbage that everything turns to mush and you wonder, what's going on? What did I do? What happened here? Constantly, the back and forth swinging from one season or experience to another. For every living person, for every living thing, no one has a perfect life. And even though Jesus lived a perfect sinless life himself, they attacked him, they persecuted him, they called him horrible names and ultimately beat him and crucified him, even in his perfection. Now I wanna, I wanna just say this to you and you're being a little too quiet today. I want you to wake up. Pastor Chris called it the, the uh, hurricane hangover here. We entered into praise and worship and we're singing, I prophesy. And you're going, I prophesy. Well, I wonder how breakfast was you know, for somebody today. What are we gonna have for lunch? There's a lot of people cleaning up debris today that would give anything to be able to be where you are. Anything. Amen? Come on. <clears throat> Wake yourself up. Don't be so shell-shocked and traumatized. Listen, if you watched, you know, obviously during the storm, you watch more news than usual. That's always good for you. You know? Talk about secret sauce. That's like the poison pill. Don't get back in that thing. Be willing to understand, but be willing to praise God. Be willing to stand for him in your life. Listen, everything, everybody's life has the pendulum of life. It goes back and forth. It goes back and forth. You, you, you have some great things and you have some horrible things. You have some phone calls with great news and some phone calls that'll tear your heart out. And that's even if you love Jesus. But the good news is, as you go down to Ecclesiastes 3, Solomon gets to verse 11 and he writes this. But God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into their hearts. We're reminded that God even turns ashes into beauty, that even in those Horrible seasons, even in the seasons of mourning and grieving and weeping, even in the, 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 the seasons where there are challenges and storms of life, the pendulum swings, but God brings it back into correction. And I got good news for you today. If you're far down right now, God isn't gonna leave you there. Hang on. Your pendulum is about to swing back to the joy of the Lord. You're about to go back to the joy season, okay? God's not gonna leave you out there. If you're going through a rough patch, maybe you've just gone through a divorce or a breakup of a relationship of some kind. Maybe a friend has betrayed you. Maybe you've gone through something in your home 
something physical in your body. I want you to know the pendulum swings. Our God is a healer. He is mighty and he's a restorer and he's not gonna leave you and he's not gonna forsake you. He's not gonna let you down. He's not gonna leave you dangling out there. There's, if you're in weeping season, the joy season is certainly gonna come because it comes back and forth as we go through this life. Then down to verse 12 of Ecclesiastes where he said, he makes it beautiful in its time, everything beautiful. Say that with me. God makes everything beautiful in its time. If you're in a rough season right now, there's a new season coming. That's what we get out of summer, fall, winter, spring. The seasons change. And even if you've been through a winter in your summer, even if you've been through a season where stuff has fallen off the trees and everything's dark and bleak, Spring is coming, new buds, new joy, new hope, new life. Here's my secret sauce. Ecclesiastes 3, 12 and 13. Solomon writes as he talks about this pendulum of back and forth and God making everything beautiful in its time. He says this, I know that nothing is better for them, for God's people, than to do two things, to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. My friends, the enemy of your soul wants to complicate everything and make it where it's so hard. Oh, it's so tough. You gotta do this formula. You gotta do that thing. You gotta do this right. You gotta do that right. No, the Bible says, break it down. Don't be deceived from the simplicity that's in Christ. Don't be deceived from the basics of our lives that it comes down to two things for me. Rejoice and do good. Number one, let's talk about rejoice. I love the word rejoice. As I always say, if you rejoice once and it didn't work, rejoice, okay? Rejoice in the Lord. David, I mean, Paul the apostle writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's an attitude of the heart, not just the action of doing something to lift your hands. It's not just singing a song. It's the attitude of your heart. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Listen, when Paul wrote Philippians and wrote those words, he was under house arrest in Rome, attached to a Roman soldier by a chain that was only three feet long. He was imprisoned in horrible conditions, awaiting trial and possible execution. But he'd already been, as he wrote to the Philippians from that Roman dungeon, he's remembering the Philippian jail that he'd been in previously, where in this, instead of dying and just complaining and whining, he praised God and prayed loud enough for everybody in the prison to hear him. And the whole thing, the Bible said an earthquake hit. We call it a praise quake around here. He, hit, he lifts his praise and this praise quake erupts and the whole thing opens up and everybody is free. Everybody was released. Everybody was changed. Everybody experienced the presence and power of God. He's rejoicing in that. He's, here it is. It's an attitude of his heart. And he says, he's writing at the end of this great letter toward the end of his life to the Philippians. Remembering that is that very scene. But here he's trapped in another dungeon. It would prove to be one of the last letters he would write. And he says, rejoice in the Lord 
always. And again, I say, rejoice. To rejoice is to refill your joy tank reservoir. The joy of the Lord is your strength after all. The Hebrew word rejoice means to gladden, to cheer with loud expressions, to cheer up, to leap and spin with violent emotion, to get excited about something or someone. To rejoice is to declare that God is God no matter how I feel. It's beyond emotion. It's making a decision. It's doing something to to fill that joy tank again. And the problem is we keep waiting to feel the joy and don't have the joy when the Bible says you decide the joy. You choose the joy. And that's the same thing in a long-term relationship. You choose the good. You choose to love. You choose to believe. You choose to take another step. Even if you're having a rough time, you choose to keep moving forward. Can you say amen today? Come on. I'm preaching better than you're amening today for sure. The absolute key to happiness in life and long-term living for God is to choose to celebrate the goodness of God no matter what you may be going through at the time. David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He didn't say, I feel like praising him all the time. He said, I will. It's an act of the will. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, I declare, his praise shall continually be in this mouth. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. The introduction notes of Psalm 34 where Paul, where, excuse me, where David wrote, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The introduction notes say that David wrote this as he escaped from Abimelech after having pretended to be insane. And he did that one time to get out of trouble. He pretended to be insane so that one of the kings of the other armies wouldn't kill him and let him live there a little bit of time. This is in between. He leaves Abimelech. He's on his way to the cave of Adullam. He's all by himself. Doesn't know he's about to grab that ragtag band of men we talked about a few weeks ago. But he, here he is. He's, he's in between. And he starts. And this is when he writes, I, I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My friends, you got to look at the circumstances of some of the ways that these things are written. I had to laugh when I looked in my Bible and saw this this little addendum there at the top. Clearly rejoicing is an act of the will. You don't have to feel like rejoicing all the time. You make a conscious decision to rejoice. And you decide it, you decide it beforehand that it's going to be your first response. So when something comes out of the blue, it's not going to take you and shake you off your foundation. I told this story many times before, but it bears repeating because in 1994, we were trying to buy this property and the man that owned the property here would not sell it. Um, He wanted cash. He wanted $225,000 cash. And we, did, we had, we had $25,000. But he wanted cash, so we went to a bank 
and the bank we'd been doing business with for years and, 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 and four years at that point. And we had said, look, we've got a track record here. We want to buy this land. And they kept saying, okay, we'll fill this out. We'll do this. We'll jump through this hoop, do that, do this. And yeah, we, yeah, we, could, we, could, we could help you get that land and build your first building. So we started going through the motions. It looked like by this, in that summer, by uh, first, second week of July, like everything's going to be fine and we're going to own the land or at least have, you know, have a mortgage promise and that kind of thing. We were up, uh, we went up with a friend who was touring. Uh, he was from California, but he's preaching all over the Southeast. <clears throat> so we went up with him to Atlanta to be with him in Atlanta and then over into South Carolina. And we were on the South Carolina, Georgia border in a little town called Aiken. Anybody know where Aiken, South Carolina is? Aiken. We were in Aiken, South Carolina, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't a hotel there. There was a motel there. You know what I'm talking about? And we were in this motel, uh, Motor Inn. We were in this motel, and, uh, and uh, it was a, I forget what day of the week it was. It's was probably a Thursday or Friday. But anyway, we were about to go to church with our friend, and, and I get a, we get a call uh, from our business manager here, my father-in-law at the time. And he said, well, we just heard back from the bank. They had the board meeting. They had said, yes, yes, yes. He said, I got some bad news for you. They said, no. They said, just, just hadn't been around long enough as a church. Not sure you're going to last. Somebody on the board voted no, and they said no. And I felt this gut punch. It was like, I mean, we thought, we, we, they kept saying, oh, yeah, looks good. Just fill this out. Oh, yeah, looks great. Just fill this out. Oh, yeah, just do this, and all we need is your shoe size, and then we'll go. We'll, we'll get the next thing. It was felt like that, you know? They were going to count, the, you know, your cavities, how many you've had filled. I, I, I don't know what they want. They wanted everything. I gave them everything. And they still said no, after leading us on for about six months. Gut punch. And I, and I, was, I was reeling at this point because the rented place we had down the road, the, the guy there, he saw in the paper that we were trying to buy this land and we had a vision to build a building here. So he knew we weren't gonna buy his so he was ready to kick us out because our, our lease was coming to an end. And so we didn't even know if we'd have a church, know if we'd have a building, didn't have a place to meet. It just felt like a gut punch. And I'm telling you, my head began to spin in, the, in, the, in my, you know, not literally, you know. It wasn't the exorcist. <clears throat> but I mean, in my, inside, I felt dizzy. I felt, I felt out of balance. I felt like, well, this is the end. I don't know what happened here. I felt God said this was our land. I, our church had prayed over the land. We'd walked the land. We, we felt it. And they said no. And all of a sudden, I, I just, my wife and I started crying, both of us. And in that little motel in Aiken, South Carolina, my heart was Aiken. That's how I remember the name of the city. And I lifted my hands, tears in my eyes, and I said, Father, I praise you anyway. I don't understand. I feel so disappointed. But I worship you. 
and I praise your name and I give you honor. And I wish I could tell you I felt immediately better. I didn't. But we began to keep praising him. We chose to rejoice. We'd already made the decision before. So when that thing hit, we were geared toward one direction. Okay, you're still working. Don't see how this is gonna happen now. I mean, I questioned, I didn't question my salvation, but I questioned a lot of stuff because I had heard so clearly in my heart that this land was our land. And then suddenly they said no. And many of you know the story. I, Pastor Chris and I came out. We came back to Florida. Pastor Chris was our associate pastor at the time. Pastor Lindsay was just new on the team. And Pastor Chris and I came out here on a hot July summer afternoon and started walking this property and just praying in the spirit and just claiming this land. Lord, we believe with everything in our hearts you said this was our property. And so we're gonna, we're, we're gonna do all we know to do. We're gonna praise you and rejoice on the land that you said is our land, our promised land. We looked around and that day, literally walking up to us and around us, there were probably, how many cows do you think there were on this land at the time? Do you remember? 15, 20, maybe, it wasn't many, but there was a, there were, all these cows started coming around while we were walking around a, 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 what is the new legacy building. We were walking around that area and these cows started coming around. And I'm like, get, you know, just get out of here. There was a bull that was, I mean, he, he was looking at us like, this is my land, honestly. <clears throat> so we were kind of cautiously walking at that point. And then I looked over and I saw in that corner of the property on that side, there were all these beehives. And as I'm standing here, as God is my witness, I said to Pastor Chris, unbelievable, cows and bees, cows and bees, milk and honey. This is surely our promised land. This is our land. It just hit me like boom. So we praise God again. All of a sudden, the heavens open, and I mean rain, not like we had the other night. Rain like they had over in New Smyrna. New Smyrna, during this storm, Ian got 28 inches of rain. It's still flooded with some of our friends and, and people that we know over in New Smyrna Beach area, still flooded in some of those neighborhoods. 28 inches of rain in 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had all this torrential rain. One of those summer storms hit that July afternoon, and we were standing there just getting soaked. Out of, the, out of the blue, uh, Paul and Gail Chuck told us they were driving by and saw us start beeping their horn, beep, 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 beep. Like we were out here and we were walking and we had to go jump the fence to get back to the car, soaked. Got back to the office and God gave, God gave me a scripture I'd never seen before. I think it's Psalm 68. It says, and God did confirm his inheritance when it was weary by sending an abundance of rain. And I was like, okay, it's done. Praise God. We rejoice. And two weeks later, the owner of the land that wouldn't, he wanted cash, right? He called up my father-in-law and said, well, what happened? And he told him what happened. He said, well, I've been thinking about it. 
I'll hold the note myself if you'll pay me the 25,000 you have and then pay 30,000 a year for five years till the rest is paid off plus interest, like 10% interest, which was a bargain back in 1994. Today seems like a lot. 10% interest, we said deal, and the land was ours. Let me tell you something, folks. There are things you're gonna get in this life where the pendulum is swinging, you get bad news, but God's still working. You have to choose to rejoice. You have to choose to rejoice. When your heart and your mind are at war with each other, God's presence enters. Part of the secret ingredient to my special sauce, the choice to rejoice. Number two, and last, do good. Do good, do. Do good. With your life, with every resource God entrusts you with, serve God by serving other people. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created in Christ. We said last week what it means to be in Christ Jesus, to get him inside, get that hand inside the glove, get him inside you. But you're created in Christ to do good things to help other people. This is not works righteousness. We don't do good to earn God's love. He already loves us. We don't do good to earn salvation. We're already saved by grace through faith if we accept the gift. That's only through the perfect life and works of Jesus Christ. So we work not for righteousness. We work from righteousness. We work from his righteousness into the, as a platform for our lives. And we work from righteousness, not for righteousness. We don't get brownie points by doing good things. We just do them because, he, because of what he already did for us. Say amen. amen. The Bible says we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors for him. I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might, watch the word there, become the righteousness of God in him. The Bible doesn't say have the righteousness of God. It says become the righteousness of God. That you literally, because of Jesus' sacrifice, when you accept Jesus in your heart by faith, you become the righteousness of God. And now you're not praying, you're not doing works and praying to get brownie points or get little extra bonuses. You're doing it out of gratitude from the platform he's already given you. You're not doing it to try to earn favor. You already have favor. Jesus already paid the price. That's why we don't pray in the name of, you know, in the name of David or in the name of Nancy, in the name of Alina. We don't pray in the name of people. We pray in the name of Jesus because we're coming into his righteousness, his peace, his joy in the Holy Ghost. Do good. Help somebody. Help somebody, love somebody. Listen, just keep doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Love God, help people. Love God, help people. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven or be drawn to your Father which is in heaven. I'm almost done, but they never started my timer today, so I get to keep going 32 more minutes. There's a great story in the book of Acts. There's a disciple named Tabitha 
or Dorcas. They, they did both, both translations. <clears throat> and she was so valuable. She was a real servant. And she was listed, by the way, as a disciple. Don't tell me women can't be disciples or preachers or teachers or prophets or apostles because they're in the Bible. Let's go with what the word says, okay? This lady was a disciple of Jesus Christ. And in the story, it says verse 36 of Acts chapter 9, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. Now, some of you think Tabitha was the little girl from Bewitched. That's not true. She's in the Bible here. Don't know Bewitched either. Okay, well, all right. This woman, look at what it says about her. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened, verse 37 says, it happened in those days she became sick and died. And you know what happened? The Bible says that they called for the apostle Peter. He was in Joppa at the time. This is right before he has this vision to go win the Gentiles. This is the last thing he has to happen before he gets this vision from God of what his next mission is gonna be. And all of a sudden he gets called and they said, look, there's a lady over here and she does so many good things in the church, we can't let her die. We need her. The Bible says she made garments and tunics. She made these, she made clothing. She, she used textiles to make clothing and, 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 and coats and things that the people needed right there in that fellowship, right there in that body, in that place in Joppa. And all of a sudden they pray and they send for Peter and asked him to come pray that God would raise her from the dead. At this point, they hadn't said, think of how far-fetched this is. They'd seen Jesus do it, but now Jesus is, has gone to the right hand of the Father. Now the apostles are moving, and they said, Peter, we need you to come. We need you to raise this lady from the dead. He goes, okay. And he goes in, and he just, he just did what Jesus did. By the way, this is his secret sauce. He did the same thing. He used the same recipe he saw Jesus do. He cleared out the mourners and the doubters first. He said, you know, y'all need to quit whining and moaning. Get out of here. This is not a funeral. Get out. And then he prayed. The Bible says he knelt by her bed and he prayed that God would raise her from the dead. And she woke up. And she walked around and they rejoiced. How'd you like to be so valuable to the kingdom of God that people can't let you go? How'd you like to be so needed, so valuable because of, because of your rejoicing and your good works, the good things you're doing to help so many other people? How'd you like to be so valuable that we say, you know what, we're gonna stop, we're gonna stop. We can't, we can't let that person die. We need her to ra be raised from the dead. We need somebody, we can't let her go. We need you, we need you, we need you. Listen, the, this, she's valuable because of her heart, because also her actions. She did good things. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment for good works. May your life and mine be that valuable. Finally, Acts 10, 38 says this, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with them. My friends, you have an anointing. You have an anointing for doing good. You have an anointing for healing all the oppressed people you come in contact with as well this coming week. There's gonna be oppressed people around you. There's gonna be depressed people around you. There's gonna be all kinds of people going through stuff this week. 
Rejoice and do good. It's the secret sauce. I'm so thankful to be in a church with a huge heart and a humanitarian arm like HeartSmile Foundation. So many projects to help hurting people in our community. May we never run out of resources and the heart to do good everywhere we can do good. This month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Pastor Gail told me the heart smile is preparing to take a, a whole SUV packed full of food, household items, brand new pillows, blankets, sheets, sets, cleaning supplies, all this stuff, like a truckload. Heart Smile Foundation, as the humanitarian arm of this house, is always ready to help. Last week, I told you by Tuesday, money would go right away to, the, to, to, uh, to Puerto Rico through Convoy of Hope, and it did. By Tuesday, we were already releasing the money that we promised last week going there before the storm ever hit here. Through that, we do some things. I'm just so thankful and I promise you, that's all been part of the collective secret sauce as a church. We had a breakthrough in 2018, in April of 2018. I don't have time to talk about it. Well, I got 32 minutes. Actually, no. They, can't, they sent it again. They said, I got six minutes, but I'm not, I'm not gonna even take that. I'm just telling you, in my devotional yesterday, the person said, the church is supposed to be a blessing machine. That was in my devotional yesterday by Nikki Gumbel. The church is supposed to be a blessing machine. And I'd already written the message, but I added that one little part because life works best when God is first and we use our resources to help others. So what's our takeaway? You want to know my secret sauce to lasting and enjoying, not just enduring ministry? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Rejoice and do good. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray for every person hearing the sound of my voice that every person would be inspired today to get back to some of the basics. Lord, get us back to our first love, Jesus. Father, forgive us for getting so busy and distracted with all of the cares of this life that we forget to just put you first. What brought us to you was your love. What keeps us with you is your mercy. What inspires us more is your grace. Everything begins and ends with you. And we know there's no end to what you can do through a people that will simplify the gospel to loving God and serving others. Rejoice and do good in Jesus' name. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, it's time to go all in. I saw football game yesterday, Clemson versus NC State. Clemson players have a tradition. They have to take a, a little piece of a rock 
and put in a bin before they can get on the bus to go to the game. And basically it's this, if you're not gonna give 125% and go all in, then don't put the thing in the bucket, just quit. I thought about it, I, I, I gave my all in chip over 40 years ago to Jesus. But today as I walked through that door, I thought about putting my all-in chip again today. Are you all in? Or are you just playing little religious games with yourself? One foot in the world, one foot in the church, kind of straddling all the world and everything's going on. Today's the day to sell out. Today's the day to go all in. Go big or go home, they say. I'm all in. What about you? If you don't know Jesus, that's the beginning place. It's a, we're, we don't preach religion here. We preach revelation of a relationship. It's all relationship. If you don't know him and you want to or you want to give him that all in chip, all you have to do today is just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Change me. Help me to get back to my first love in you, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, let somebody know today. It's so important that you do that, okay? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.